0: It is the intention of God the Father that we become a people of radical love who act against their own self interest and sacrifice their lives for others. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of San Francisco's Sermon Podcast. This is a message from our worship service on Sunday mornings in downtown San Francisco. This podcast is a ministry of our church, and we're praying it's useful for
1: you and for the kingdom, for the praise of his glory. Be thou
0: my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me. Good morning.
1: Good morning. <laughs> Today the sermon is from John 15 7 through 17. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands and will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in in the father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you so you will love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God.
0: One of the things I like, I like to do as I'm in a text. Is I like to think about uh, who wrote it and where and what else we know about them, because it feeds it feeds this it feeds our our, our attachment to the word. And I want to share a story with you uh, about John. Now, John, well, one of the one of the features, one of the words, maybe that some of you this is the first time that you're reading this with us. Uh, you may have read it before. Uh, uh, everybody in this room has been, we've been in this text for quite a while, so. Uh, they may be a little bit used to it, but you'll notice that the word love co- happens a lot. We've been, we've seen the word of love in our in our in our worship so far. Do you notice that in the confession? And that was intentional, and and so. But this topic, love, this comes up for John. John loves he that becomes a he starts using it as a way of describing Christians even. He calls them these little agapi my little beloved ones, my little my beloved people, my beloved children he uses He actually uses it that way and, and it becomes his word, it's his message in his letters. It's so tender. But if we follow him a little longer and if we continue to follow his journey, we, uh, we learn something from Polycarp. Now Polycarp is the one person he's a strange church father, he's one of the only links with the apostles. Nobody can claim to have known any of the apostles, Peter or Paul or any of them, except for Polycarp, who claimed it and was, it was well attested in the early church. And, and he claimed that in Ephesus as a child, he knew John. John was ancient, very, very old at this point. He's the only apostle who, li- who died of old age. And every other one died for what they believed and for what they preached. And, and so he, he, would, he, would ha- he was so old, they had to carry him to church. He had to carry him to church, and, and, and he was so old, he could only speak a few words, just a few words occasionally, and he would, all, and almost difficult to hear, and these were his words almost every time as recorded by Polycarp, and this is it. Little children, love one another. Little children, he just he would say it all the time. He would say it, it was was like the one thing he could get out in his age and his infirmity and little children. And finally, as sometimes people want to do, like how many times are we going to preach from this text, Chris? Uh, As I am asked that, I am in a long-standing tradition of people ask questions like that. Going back to John, where he was asked by the men. They said, you know, John, you say that over, you always say that. You always say that. Why do you always say that? Why is it only that message? And in his age and infirmity, sounded said something very, very much like John. This is what Jesus commanded, and if we do this, it will be enough. Oh, oh! I can hear. I can hear it. I can hear the. I can hear it. I can hear the earnestness in him. I can hear. And going all the way back, all the way back to the mem- remembering these times when Christ imparted a vision that this is all about love, baby. This is all about us being people of love, of enacting the love of God into our lives, into our marriages, into our workplaces, and into this world, into the city. And in a sense, releasing all that love and knowing that love and participating and acting on it and being that love. John knew it, and, and, and when he was reduced to nothing, when he's reduced to old age and the ability to say almost nothing else, what did he share? A vision of love. A vision of love. Love's the final word. Actually, uh, Ted and I were working on, we work on songs occasionally. I had to quote Ted. Ted, you're right in line with the aged apostle. You're not there yet. You're not mumbling and walking along in a cane yet. But I have a feeling that when Ted is at the end of his days, it will still be the same story, because this is the story he learned and knew in his heart. We were writing this song together. I had sent him a poem describing how much I was suffering, and he he wrote this refrain, while the news is out, you might have heard that love, love is the final word. Amen? Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that song from from Ted, but what I want to do today is I want us... To uh, realize, I want us to begin with the end in mind. Look, I want you to hear, and what is this all this word about? It's all leverage, it's all purposeful, it's all breathing the intentions of God and of Jesus. Look, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you what? That you may go and bear fruit. And what is this fruitfulness? It is love, these things I command you, as he sums it all, these things I command you, as he digests everything he's been saying, that have this result, these things I command you, so you will what? Love, agape, you will love one another. Oh, It's a vision for love. I'm beginning with the end of mind. I'm, I'm going to put it out there in front. That is my goal, is to, is to turn us into, release us, as it were, into a people of love. That's my hope as a result of this message. It's, a res- it, it's really the point that Christ is making. And I want you to hear something here that might be a little odd to you. Christ is results driven. This whole text is very results driven. Do you notice that? It's, it's, it's expecting a result. That there's something's gonna happen in you and me. Something is gonna be produced. Something must be produced. Something must result. Something must happen. There must be love. And uh, that's the final word. That's the result of his choosing, his election, his appointment. What is It is that we bear fruit. You know, I, I, if, you, if, you know if, we, if we claim in the Presbyterian tradition to celebrate election, but we don't have fruit, then what we celebrate is not what this is talking about. Right? We celebrate an idea. and We'll look at that a little bit. We'll look at some of that right, as, we, as we kind of open this up. So I, I'm beginning with the end in mind. That we become a people of love now some of you're going to quote the song to me what is love baby all right i now some of you that's going to be pounding in your head now for the next 30 minutes that's fine what is love baby don't hurt me Baby, don't anyway what is love what's or made with teen what's love got to do some what is love this sound this is the, the often the cry of a of a of a teen isn't it i remember saying things like that and, and meaning it and wondering. And, but uh, uh, it is the intention of God the Father that we become a people of radical love who act against their own self-interest and sacrifice their lives for others. I feel like I've got to define things. And somehow we've got to come up with something that you can, we can interact with at some point in some way. And i am struggling with how to do this. I, I rewrote that first part. Let's reread again. Let's see if it, we, it was begin to expand. It is the intention of God the Father that we become a people of radical love who act against their own self-interest and sacrifice their lives, their comforts, their schedules, their homes, and their finances for others. That's still kind of abstract. I feel like it still doesn't get down to brass tacks. I want to. All right, I want. I want to use the word in a way that's going to get to you. Now I. I asked Johnny's permission to do this beforehand, so I'm not just picking on him. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something with Johnny's name. Johnny's sitting in the back there. Wave your hand, Johnny, so everybody knows who I'm picking on. Okay. And uh, I actually texted him about this, and I think he was a little nervous because he's not sure what I'm gonna do. And that's why you're sitting there. That's a good, uh, that's a good plan. And I was taught this many years ago, and I think it's kind of helpful. Like, let's 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 get let's get down to brand. Let's get something in in writing that that might, it might challenge us. And what I was challenged to do was take the 1 Corinthians 13 passage and put your name in instead of love. Put your name in there and read it that way and then ask yourself, am I loving? Now, nobody is going to be able to do this like Johnny and probably Rochelle to, to know just how far short Johnny falls. But, but, and, I, and this is a little bit embarrassing to you, I know, but that's why I, I texted you first. I don't know why that gives me an excuse to do it anyway, but I did ask. Johnny is patient. Johnny is kind. Johnny does not envy or boast. Johnny, Johnny's not arrogant or rude. Johnny does not insist on his own way. Is that like Johnny at all, Rochelle? No, not. Okay. Johnny is not irritable or resentful. Johnny does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. I could actually put the new line, but Johnny rejoices. Johnny bears all things. Johnny believes all things. Johnny hopes. All, and these are the all the all things. These all things, this is all of the promise and love of God. It's everything he says. It's not, it's, it's, believe me, this is in context. This is in the context of Corinthians. Johnny endures all things. And I change the ends, and other translations fails. Johnny never fails, because obviously Johnny will end, but, but Johnny never fails. All right, Will, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about your name being in there? How, are we gonna, how do you feel as a church? First, we can put first press in there, right? How do you feel? How, are you, how do you, and the reason I put this out there is I want to get, I want love to be, I, wanna, I want this to be a little sharp. I want to cut a little so we kind to go, well, I know, I know, oh, I want that. I, that hurts because I know I'm not that. I know I don't manifest this. I'm not loving like I should be. Where is the production of love? And, and if you do this to yourself and for yourself and for one another, it's a great, way, a great way to get down to, so you can put before you what the ideal is. What does it look like? Because who does love this way? Jesus does, right? Yeah, it's Jesus. So all I want to do then is I want to remove obstacles to get to that love, and the first thing we have to overcome is our nature. The very nature of who we are, we are idolaters and we are love killers. We kill, the God, we kill, the, we kill love right at the source. And we'll see how. We also must overcome our inability. We think of inability as inaction. Uh, many of us do. We, we think, oh, I'm not able if I can't do anything. And that simply is a lie. It's not true. And we have to overcome our inability by really, by really living in it. We'll see what, what we do and what the text I think shows us to do, and finally, we must overcome our fears. Because in the end, when I tell you you have to love in a way that acts against your own self-interest and sacrifice your life for others, there's a lot of fear in that. <laughs> well, I could die. I could lose out on that, couldn't I? I mean, that's what I. I don't know how. To, I don't know how to do that. How do I? How do I keep doing that? All that kind of thing. The text actually addresses these very things, and that's part of its beauty. So I'm hoping to use these as levers. And honestly, I, I I've seen how this works. I the fulcrum here, I guess I, maybe you could help me think about this, this, this illustration a little bit. But when I was a kid, we uh, my father and I would have to arrange and work with large stones. They worked in the cemetery and, and gravestones. Sometimes there was big as big as this platform sometimes. I mean, many, many thousands of pounds. And they're very, very hard to move, but they get crooked. You ever seen stones in a cemetery? The, 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 the ground will settle and off in one corner. So I remember as a kid, I was little, no more than 10 or 12 years old. I'm a stripling, a little kid, you know, I'm not really that big. But I remember my dad showing me that if you had a, the right fulcrum with a big steel spade and you put that fulcrum in the right position, I could take my 100-pound weight, and I could pull, and you know what happened? That huge stone would start to move. It would start to move. And it was kind of, I remember as a kid, you know, I don't understand physics, but I understand this. Something's happening here. My forces are being multiplied down this piece of steel as it rests against that fulcrum. Okay, so that's what I'm hoping to do today. Holy Spirit, help me do it, right? Holy Spirit, let him do it in us. That, that we will be able together, that God will do it through his word, that we'll, we're going to move this stone because it's heavy, isn't it, Will? <laughs> and our hearts feel like stones that we can't move. And we often feel like there's no remedy. I know that. Right? I'm, not, I'm the same way. And so Christ is giving us everything we need in this text. First, we must overcome our nature. What about our nature? Now, I think you might be saying, oh, yeah, we're not a loving people. That's true, but that's not really the nature I'm worried about. That's not what kills love. What kills love is our nature to be idolaters. To love things and worship things and not get what the love of God is for us. Not get it, not get what it means. And I mean, even when you've known God for a long time, you'll follow me here in a second. We must overcome our natures as idolaters. How does it? our idolatry start? Our idolatry starts by believing that we contribute to our rescue and becoming a Christian. Look at this. Believing plus fruitfulness of love results in becoming a Christian, and what that is is a lie. That is works righteousness by us, and that's a love killer. Why is that a love killer? Because it's on you. You gotta love me, and if you've got to love me, if you have to love me in order to go to heaven, you know what you're gonna grow to do? You're gonna grow to hate me. (laughs) You're gonna go to resent me, because that's not a love that that is eternal. Look, look, look at how the scriptures deny it for for first Christians. If you want to become a Christian today, say you want to really move into this Christian stuff with real life. Hear what Christ says. Jesus answered them. This is the work of God, the work that God requires, what they just asked, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Praise him. It is that easy to enter into the kingdom. The doors of heaven are opened up by a doorstop called the cross and the doors and that doorstop holds them open for everybody who believes enter in. Come on in. Put your faith in Jesus. It's just as that simple. And that kind of idea is that free love from God creates free love in us. Because it's not by compulsion. You see, it's not because I have to. It's because I get to. It's because I'm now a new person doing new things. And you see, here in Galatians 3, let me ask you this. You think this is only a sin? This is only a crime? That this idolatry of the heart that kills love? You think that only non-Christians do that? No, Christians do it too. Look in Galatians 3. Galatia had fallen into heresy. Let me ask you only this. He was very angry with him. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? He knows the answer to that. It's by faith. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? How do you grow in Jesus? By learning again how dependent you are on Jesus. For all your rescue and all your cleansing Praise him. It's walking in the fullness of his love and his life for me. That's a love grower, not a love killer, right? Yes, that's what we need. We don't need to fall for that first lie and that first false gospel. Let's cross it out. But what's the second one? This is a, this actually became in vogue in much of Christianity. And it, it's something about the human spirit. Believing results in becoming a Christian. Yay! And minus any fruitfulness of love. Oh, I'm saved. I was once saved. I'm always saved. It doesn't matter what I do. It's a, and this is an invitation to license. Look, this bears out in, in many, many different, this kind of Christianity that offers you a sin management technique. Jesus is going to manage your sin. Now go do what you want. You're okay. Do what you please. I mean, this is what informs the, the, the churches in San Francisco where they where they want to open up a door that doesn't really matter how we obey God anymore. And that fruitfulness of love is how you feel perhaps, or, or what makes you feel good. But, but it's this idea that, 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 that I, I can do as I will. And then, then, of course, James answers that. And the condemnation seems so just, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. But let's not fall into this um, what, what, what's the crime here? This is a love killer. Uh, we let ourselves off the hook too easily. We do. We don't feel bad about sin. We don't feel crime. You know, we use our, you use our faith as a way of kind of soothing the conscience and then not acting. Let it not be so. You know, the, the, the script, the, 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 this, this belief of the beauty of God's love for us was never a treasure for us to spend on our illicit desires. It wasn't meant to be that. It wasn't a freedom that was setting us up just to do as we please. Don't hear, that's a love killer. And your love will die if you do that because your love will only be for yourself. No, this is a false gospel. It's another whisper of, demise. it's another love killer. There's no growth for love here. There's only love for yourself. Finally, what is saving faith? It's believing results when you put your trust in Christ and on his death on the cross, he becomes a substitute for your sin, the crimes that Connie committed she deserved to die for. Christ died instead by believing that she has become a Christian. And what happens now in this regenerating love of God, fruitfulness of love, we are now the works of God. We are his workmanship. And besides, I thought this was so great, Ephesians 2.10. I want you to hear how Ephesians 2.10 is so similar to John 15. It's almost identical. It's restating in different words. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. They're there. They're there in this this world prepared by his his choices and his power as God. Wow, what are we learning here? We're learning something that is so almost hard for us to see. How is it that God, we know God's love? Because has the father loved the son? The source of our love is outside space and time. The Hubble Deep Field looked into, all, looked into ancient history saying that we have sea light now 13.8 billion years old. That's, how, that's the light we can see. And that promises a measure of 98 billion light years across, as vast and ancient as the world is. We have a love older than that. And it's for us, and it's ours. And it's a love that dies at the cross and raises from the dead because a love this big and ancient and powerful and strong, coming out and burning with the eternal fires of the Father and the Son. That's the love we have. That's the love that's at the cross. That's the love, that's the love grower, not the love killer. For I find my source and my imagination and my power exists outside of me, not in me. <laughs> Only in me as he is in me. Whew. There's something really wonderful here. where it kind of in the brink, in the, in the bond of mysteries. Oh. Just as he kept his father's commands. He keeps his father's commands so well, that's why he's going to the cross. Remember, that's why he's there. We must overcome our nature as idolaters. But after we do that, let's overcome our inability. I don't know about you. Uh, I, I love this first time I heard it. Maybe it's something you need to pray. Help me to begin to begin to be a Christian. Have you ever heard that prayer? I, I, it's one of the dearest ones I've ever heard. And it's one of those things that just gets past all assumptions and gets past, back, back down to brass tacks about who we are. Father, help me to begin to begin. <laughs> Pray that right now. I'm serious. Pray in your heart. Help me to begin to be, just pray that because that's a ball, that gets the ball rolling. And I want us to see how we can overcome our inability. <laughs> I can share a story. It's kind of funny. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I guess I'm, I guess we're being trained by technology. I guess technology in some ways training us at some point. I, I, I really grew to love my having an access to a new, newer car. I, and my wife had newer cars. I've always had old cars and I like old cars, and and I love the. I like that also. I like the way that sounds. I like I like knowing what's moving and what's not moving. I like to know everything under the hood. I'm like that. I'm a little gearhead. I kind of enjoy it. And so, you know, uh, I I got used to my my the nice the nice shiny new Audi. Ooh, this is fun to drive around. And then and then after that lease was up, we got something else. I'm like, this is really these are fun. You just push a button, pee, and you just go. It's like it's awesome, you know. It kind of feels kind of like lazy to me, but, but it doesn't feel like driving. So, I get in my, so I've been driving her cars for a while and this is exactly what happened. I get in my old Beamer and I remember I, I threw my keys on the seat next to me and I sat down and for a good three seconds sat there and waited for something to happen. And then I realized, oh, I don't push the button on this car. I got to use the keys. And I reached out <laughs> that I was so trained by the modern power of just pushing a button and, and the remote, and there's no, you know, just the key just sits on the on the on the seat next to you. I wasn't used. To, I, I had to go. I had to relearn the old way, the old ways, going back to basics. Pick up the key, Chris. Insert it in the ignition. Turn it. Gosh, it's even more advanced than how I grew up, where I had to hold down the clutch with my left foot. Right. Now let's break left, left, right foot. Anyway. Uh, but even that's gone. I had to relearn the basics of ignition because I've been trained into stupidity by technology. That's, my, that's who I'm blaming. I find that we have to learn basics too. I mean, I'm really, really going back to basics for us as believers. I, I, there was a very famous football coach. He'd started every, it was a pretender, I can't remember who it was. This is a football. Every single season, he would start that with his, with his players. This is a football. I can't imagine how annoyed that would be after a while, but the idea there is if you have to get back to basics, you have to start over all again, and help, I hope you hear this, let's get back to basics, we have to overcome our inability, I want you to hear this, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and ask whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you, I want you to hear that my name and my words abide in you. Christ makes these extravagant, extraordinary, enormous promises that seem to be bigger than all of creation. And we recoil, we get afraid of them. They're so big and some of us have tested them and frustrated. We didn't get what we wanted. But I want us to hear this words abiding in you and doing it in his name. What does that mean in his name? It's in his program. It's according to his purposes. It's it's in his groove. It's in his way. It's, it's It's in his mission to be on mission with him. And how do we do that? by his words abiding in us. Oh, can I hope you can hear this and I hope you hear it. We this is ignition prayer. All right, let's take a look. I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. So let's pray verse by verse. Lord, please help us to trust you that you are the source as the vine. Amen. We need to, we need new confidence that he is our source. Ask him to make you, ask him to teach you that very lesson right today. Help us to trust you that you are the source. Let's go to verse two. Every branch to me does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does, he prunes. Help us to bear fruit and bear the pruning. Don't we need that? Let's pray this together. Let's pray. Oh, gosh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, Let's pray. I better put this down. Uh, uh, Help us to bear the fruit and bear the pruning this will often. Let's look at verse three. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken. Help us to seek your word that cleanses us and cleanses us and keeps cleansing us. These are, the, these are ignition prayers for this Saturday. The Saturday's a day of prayer. Take this text verse by verse and pray that every one of these truths would become true for you. Uh, verse four, help us to accept your invitation to make our home with you. Abide in me and I in you. Praise him. Help us to do this. Don't you feel like you don't even have power to know how to respond to God? Well, put it back on him then. <laughs> You know, if you don't know, I don't know how to respond, then put it back on him to help you respond and he will do it. This is telling you these promises one by one. Verse five says, I am the vine are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is to bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Help us to stick with you and not give up, right? Because what else is there than him? What else is there for us? Nothing. And look at six, branches gathered and burned. Help us to hear your warnings about the dangers of not sticking with you. We need to hear that afresh, don't we? So that we're alert, so that we're aware, so that we're eager, so that we are motivated. These are ignition chairs. You see, you guys aren't used to this. You're not used to, you know, how many of you push a button to start your car? How many of you push a button to start your car? Yeah, I'm I mean, You want to hear the engine turning over? This is ignition prayer. And what's the final one? Help us to let your words make such a home in us that we now ask you your whatevers. They're his whatevers in prayer, right? Where have we entered by doing this? Don't you see? If it's the Father's love for the Son that drew him to Calvary for you, then learn about that love that interacts with the Father. And this, by verse by verse, is an invitation into God's Trinitarian presence to go to the Father about the very things the Son has said, and ask for the Holy Spirit to make that happen. It's ignition. It's getting it started, and it's what we need. It's the need for the hour. It's the need for our church and our community. It's the need for our city. It's the need for our generation. As we do this, now finally, let's overcome our fears. I want you to put this into practice. In other words, that, that list of eight, seven prayers, eight, seven prayers based on those seven verses, you do that tomorrow. Do it every day this week. In other words, get in this, start, start the key. Just pick it up and start it. The reason I say this is that for Christians, theology is like fish. This doctrine you hear on a Sunday morning is like fish. It'll go rotten within two to three days if you don't use it. Truths in Christianity. What they do is they fill the mind. We become well-educated Christians, well-aware Christians. Perhaps we know the difference between those, those, the, you know, a false gospel and a real gospel. That I po- Sorry, You know all that stuff. What are we lacking? We're lacking implementation. We're not just simply going at. You have to get out there and do it. We have to get out there and just do it. And in the doing, that we find so much there. There's so much there. All right, well, let's overcome the fears about what's there because they're a part of the lies that we're told. We must overcome our fears because we, we aren't stuck. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in Christianity? You're just kind of like not really moving? Anybody ever feel like that? You feel kind of like, I don't know how to, every time I move, it feels like I go backwards. I'm constantly kind of in this, I'm st- I feel so stuck. I feel so stuck. Well, part of that problem, I want you to see that the, the, the Greek... The Greek camouflage is some of this in the text. This word right here proved to be my disciples. I do not know why the ESV chose that translation. I kept it. I kind of wish I would changed it. The word right there is the word for Genesis. It's the same root from Genesis or to be gotten, to be generated, to be created, to become something. To be, to be, to become, to be generated, to be born. It's where we get he is the only begotten. It's the same root. But that is it's monogenes. This is just genethi to prove, or to become my disciples. The reason I love that becoming word is because it it suddenly opens up that I'm in process. And this is very important for us because a lot of times we feel stuck when we're really in God's process. We just don't like it. But we feel stuck, but we have to trust him. He's got us in process. And movement, and a lot of times we we think we should be at some destination, some holiness, or we should be out there saving souls and (laughs) and winsomely giving our lives for the for people you know maybe maybe we have some passion for all those poor poor people of the world and we're going to go out there and do something about it. You hear, we, we we think that way. We think that the, oh that's what it looks like to be a, a great explorer of love and who's out there ready to die for Jesus. Amen. There's a truth to that. But Jesus has got you in process. It's true here. Look at this. You should go and that I Chose you and appointed you. But those are heiress, They're called. They're 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 just definitive. I chose you. and appointed you. Single point action. And then they start this subjunctive. These subjunctives, and there's three of them. And they're meant to they're meant to communicate ongoing action. It's hard to get at in English. That you should go be bearing fruit, and that you're you should you should have fruit that's abiding, so that whatever you are continue to ask the Father. In my and the idea here is in process. You, some, all right, some, I know some of us would like to be out there doing big things for God. But you miss, especially when you're younger, that God doesn't have a work for you to do as much as you are the work. <laughs> you are the work often. Trust his process. He's at work. If you're under conviction today about wanting to be more loving, just praise God right now. Because that means he's got you. He's got you in process. He's working on you. He's taking that heart that's so hard to move, right? He's taking that stone that can't, you can't lift, and you feel it's starting to wobble a little bit because you want, you want to be a loving pr- Rejoice in the Spirit. You're not stuck. You're just in the slow process. And why is the process so slow sometimes? Because you're just that proud, right? Jesus loves to slow down a proud man or a proud woman, doesn't he? Slow him down to a crawl so you will learn it's all of him. Oh, believe me, he does that. You may be complaining you're moving so slow and our Savior is making you move slow because that's the very, very best thing for you <laughs> in Europe. So you learn to depend on him. Trust me, you're not stuck. You're in his plans. You're in his work. You're becoming. We aren't going to wear out. I feel like this is another lie that comes along. And I feel like this is almost demonic. And maybe the first one is too, but whispers in our conscience, you'll never, <sighs> yes, yeah, it's fine. But you know, it, in a couple of weeks, you'll have forgotten everything he said You know, know, don't you always fit? Don't you always mess it up somehow? Uh, You're not good. How are you going to keep going? How do you, you know, know, how are you going to keep lasting when you're suffering, Natalie? How are you going to keep going? Oh, how how are you going to do this without wearing out? Don't listen to that. Because you didn't choose him. He chose you and appointed you. Don't you hear it? Not only is the love for you outside of time, it came outside your will. And it came outside your decisions and outside from all of your desiring. God desired you. Praise him. He went towards you in love. He is not going, he will not let you wear out. You know, you, know, you, will, you, will, you will rise on wings like, young men will grow weary and grow faint. But we will mount on wings like eagles. The promise is for sustaining love. Trust him. I know long hours are ahead and long times of fear, but you're not going to wear out. He doesn't let things wear out. He who began a good work in you will what? He will com- yes, he'll bring it to completion because it's his choosing and his appointment. He is faithful. Amen. We did not choose him. Oh, but praise him for his choices. <laughs> he chose folks like us. He won't wear out. And finally, you aren't getting cheated. This is the one that I really think, this is the winner to me. You aren't, you're, 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 this is a cheat. Oh, if I had to go and love people the way God tells me, if I had to do all this, then what about, what about mine? What about me? I'm gonna, people, if I love everybody, they're gonna take everything. Look, I get like this when it comes to just being with people. I get very—I look—I don't get energized by being around people. I get energized by being alone, and I want to run away and be alone so I can come back and be with people sometimes. I'm like that, and I don't know how. And then I hear this, I'm like, I'm going to lose myself Uh, if I have to love everybody like this. I'm going to lose my lose my friends. If I have to love like this, what's going to happen to me? But didn't you hear it? Why did he speak these things to you? That his joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. Don't you get it? That being a woman of love, of sacrificial love, is your ticket to joy. Don't you get it in losing yourself? You find yourself. Don't you remember all the gospel promises that unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it can't grow and live? Didn't you understand what the cross taught us? That the death and resurrection of Jesus is a promise that our own death brings resurrection for us. There is life and there is fullness in the life of radical love. And you ask anybody who's there, anybody who's on that cutting edge out there giving it all and witnessing and living and living in dependence on God that way, you ask it and they'll tell you and you'll see it. They shine with love. They're alive with love. They're alive with a Holy Spirit power that can't be faked. You know, I uh, want to close with this uh, this quote from Augustine, and this quote from one of my hymns I remember as a kid. That com- that in a sense co- that that sums up everything we've been reading today and hearing about. It is not that we keep his commandments first, and that and then he then he loves us, but that he loves us and then we keep his commandments. That is. That grace which is revealed to the humble but hidden from the proud. Didn't you hear everything today was about us humbling ourselves to to say it's only His love? And we could sing the song when we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word. What a glory He sheds on our way. When we do His goodwill, He abides with us still and with all who trust and obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Amen. Let's pray. Father, dearest Father in heaven, how we thank you for your word to us and your word of life. Do it, do the work. I I don't know, I've been working the leverage here, Father. I'm working the lever. I'm working your word. I'm working your word and I want to move my heart and all our hearts into a position where we are people of love. Please, Father, do the work we can't do. Move our hearts away from false versions of the gospel and all the love killers that are there. And let us have you and filled with a worship of your love have a love beyond space and time, a love that comes to us in the cross. Father, free us into this. Free us into getting rid of performance and all the, all the crimes of, of our idolatry. Father, do more ignite. We, we pray for an ignition that happens as we plead with you as the vine, and we plead every one of those verses. Every one would be true for us, true in us, and we would you would help us to to apply it and know it, and then help us to give up the lies, to give up the things that we we're afraid of in your love. We're afraid of radical love, Father, because it threatens our our lifestyles and our and how we get to live our lives and what we get to do, and not knowing. You promised all this joy in it, your joy, complete joy, if we'll trust and obey, to become a people of radical love for this city, for one another, and for the glory of the Father. <laughs> yes, Father. That's what we've come for. That's what we pray for. In Jesus' name, amen. On the night he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and broke it saying, this is my body, which is for you. Take and eat. Wow, that's always such a symbol, isn't it? In the same way, he also took a cup of wine, saying, this is my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. So he said, this is my body, which is for you. Take and eat. This is my blood. blood." This is for all of you who are sinners, who claim the love of Jesus for sinners. If your trust is in Jesus and his love, and not in your own works, then this is your table. If you, your guests, if you, if you know Jesus, this is your table too, come and get it. By doing this, we, we affirm all these truths, right? And we enact them and live them out. And we have a love from God that can never be broken. Now, I say this, I say this earnestly because I have a warning, right? And a warning must be put up before the table. And the warning is this, good people must not come. And if you think you're a good person and earning your way to favor before God, and then you must be a good woman you're, or a good man, you are living under a yoke of slavery still. And that is not freedom. And I, I, I would, and if you think you're a good person, this is not your table yet. I would ask you to abstain. Finally, if you're a skeptic, and, 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 and as I describe these things, and as I describe them and, and claim them to be so true, as true as the truths about the universe and the cosmos Then, and you're still a skeptic? Then watch us, watch us partake, and perhaps one day you will, you two will join us, not just here, but at the throne of our Father in Heaven. But uh, that's that's that that's that that's that that bit. Now we're going to we're going to we're going to stand. Let's stand, and we're going to do uh, three things. We're going to do the the words of I'm sorry, the mystery of faith, the Apostles' Creed, and a song. During the song, we invite you to come forward, take the bread and the wine. And there's the wines to the right and grape juices to the left. There's usually signs, but there's no signs up this week. But, and then uh, there's gluten-free crackers uh, for those who, whose diet demands that. Okay? And we'll come forward during the song, take it back to our seats, and take it together at the end. Will you, let's proclaim together, will you? let's proclaim together the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Praise Him. Amen. Tell me, Christian, brother and sister, guests, what do you believe? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried, and he descended into hell, and he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. For further information, please feel free to check us out at firstpresbyteriansf.org or come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 1015. We meet at 110 Embarcadero, just a block away from the Ferry Building, and we can't wait to see you.